Well, good morning. I'm going to be continuing on our, se our series, The Good Way, and we're, we're really diving into knowing God. And this morning, I want to talk about what it means to be adopted and what it means to be adopted into the kingdom of God. And yeah, so far, Pastor John has talked about God as being father. Um, and Pastor Andrew hit last week. Was it, who was here last week and heard the message last week? I was so, man, I was so blessed by that. Um, and he really talked about the Holy Spirit as being helper and as being our guide. And so this week, I'm going to carry on with that. I'm going to talk about a little bit more about the Holy Spirit as well and how he transforms us. Um, so if you have your Bibles with you, Romans 8, 14 to 17, if you don't, it should be on the screen there. And I'm just going to read it out. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But we are, if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. And I'll be, I'll be really honest with you guys, um, as I've been preparing uh, for this message, and as I was getting ready to write um, the first point of my message, I had a really hard time focusing on a direction. And so I really had to stop and pray and listen uh, until I realized, and it came to my attention, that I was the very thing that I was trying to talk about and communicate. <laughs> so this morning, I'm going to share with you guys just a little bit of my testimony, just a little bit of my story and how I was a perfect example of being lost. Um, it's a story that it's very vulnerable, but I feel, I feel like I need to share it. I feel like there's someone in the room that needs to hear it. And so this will be me. So let's just kind of get through that. And yeah, I'm going to start sharing with um, part of my testimony. I think I've shared a little bit about when I was in high school and how I came to know the Lord um, in a youth group. And it was wonderful. And I did reach a point after high school where I, I entered a season of rebelling, I guess you might say. Um, I slowly started to drift away from my faith and I was entertaining different things and different thoughts and I just wanted to be liked by everyone um, and just had different influences come into my life and it really rattled me and it really pushed me into a different direction and I tried going to university I thought that would fix all my problems I took a gap year after high school went to university and it just, it did not fix things for me. I took one year, I ended up flunking out of it because I was diving into, again, really not good things, was put on academic probation the next semester. So I was just feeling really lost, really worthless. It was hard for me to, you know, confront that with my family just because I thought, you know, all of my other sisters are doing really well and they're, they're succeeding, but for me, I was just in a spot where I was just very, very 
lost. And this was for a couple years. And to be honest with you, I was talking to someone the other day about my, my rough days in Fredericton, we'll call it that. And they looked at me and they were like, I just can't picture that. Like, I just can't see you as that. And I looked at them and I said, that's because Jesus did such a transformation in my life. He did such a transformation in my life that I don't recognize that person that I was 15 years ago. I don't recognize them. I really don't. So I'll share a little bit of a story with you guys of the tail end of my Fredericton era, I guess we'll call it. Um, I was living in an apartment uh, building. It was a pretty rundown apartment building, to be honest with you. Um, I was really trying to find my way, and I was really trying to not rely on messaging my parents and not trying to, you know, call on help. And I was very stubborn in that time. Even though my parents would have been so joyful and so gracious to help me out, I was like trying to figure it out on my own. And this is going to sound really crazy, but the apartment building that I was in was almost at war with the other apartment building <laughs> that was beside it. And it wasn't a safe situation. I would have to run from, like no joke, I would have to run from my car to people living in the other building would text my roommate because it was so unsafe that the people living in the other building were, were calling threats. Um, they would threaten to slash my tires. They would threaten, it was just awful. It was really not a great spot. And I can remember the day where I finally decided I need to move out of here. <laughs> like, I've had enough. I'm going to call it quits. I opened the door to my apartment and I walked out. There's glass everywhere on the floor, outside in the parking lot and in the pavement. There's blood everywhere. There's the tree burnt down and the storage shed was burnt down. And I was like, okay, no. Like, I know I'm better than this. I know this is not where I should be living. And so I felt really ashamed and lost because this was the second time, the second time I called my parents to get them to dig me out of a situation. And I'll tell you this, as a daughter calling your dad and my dad picking me up, loading my stuff into you all, he was begging me to come home. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I was so stubborn. I was so stubborn. I was so lost. I was so lost. And the funny part is, I had a friend of mine just, you know, graciously say, just come live with me. Just come live with my family. You don't want to live Fredericton. I was trying to make this work. I was trying in my own strength to make this happen. And I was very dependent on other things to fill that void. I'll just put it that way. And then I finally caved and I said, okay, sure. I'll come live with you. I'll come live with your family. They took me in. They were a beautiful family that took me in and I'll forever be grateful for them because that really was a season where I was able to really lay it all out and find my way back to the Lord. It took time for me. It took time for me. And it was a season in my life where I knew, I knew God was calling me back into something. I knew he was slowly starting to work on my heart where I was beginning to feel deserving of something. 
Now, we could say, I'm going to talk about adoption this morning, and we could say that the opposite of adoption is someone who's abandoned or orphaned. And in that time of my life, that's exactly how I felt. I felt very, even though I had people, you know, wanting the best for me and looking out for me, I just felt like I was abandoned and orphaned-like. I felt like I didn't know who, and I didn't, I don't think, know who my Heavenly Father was at the time. I was separated from God from all of my junk, all of my sin. And I felt like I had to earn everyone's love. And I was trying to isolate myself and handle my own life, which clearly was not working. <laughs> clearly was not working. And I had fear that if I let anyone in, that I wasn't safe. And I was afraid. And I was very vulnerable. Let's go back to Romans 18. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. If we are followers of Christ, we are no longer slaves to sin. We are adopted as children into his family. Verse 16 says, his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm we are God's children, meaning the witness of the Holy Spirit gives us, our spirit, the assurance that we are God's children. I can honestly say that before I came back to the Lord and before I knew the calling he had on my life to be standing here as a pastor I was far from being that. I was far from being and wanting, really, to be a child of God. I was far from wanting a relationship with him because deep down I knew that I would have to change. And I knew that there was going to be a transformation that would need to take place. And I didn't think at the time, I couldn't see it, I didn't think it was going to be a good work. And I was held back and separated and believing being adopted by the, what, and I didn't know what being adopted by the father really looked like. I didn't know. So an orphan is someone who is abandoned. And on a spiritual level, someone who is not fathered and who does not have a relationship with God. And adoption is understanding that we give our lives to Jesus who has bought us with a price. It means that everything starts at the cross. Because of the work of the cross, we receive the power and transformational work of the Holy Spirit. The cross isn't where we stop. The cross isn't the end. The cross is the beginning. 
And we need guidance, like Pastor Andrew was saying last week. We need guidance from the Holy Spirit so that we, he can show us and he can convict us and draw us closer in and draw us closer to the Father. The Holy Spirit transforms us closer into the image of Christ. It does not end at the cross. It starts there, and it is a beautiful journey. I will tell you that right now. It is a beautiful journey and a continual journey. We all have things that we are wrestling through. We're all broken, but we need Jesus. We have Jesus. Jesus is our portion. Jesus is our strength. And with the help of the Holy Spirit and with him guiding us, he wants to draw us closer to the Father. 1 Peter 1, 17 to 19 says, And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it is not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb. What really sticks out to me there is, you know, the things of this world will lose their value mere gold and silver or all the things, materialistic things that we have in the world, they will eventually disappear. But it comes, it, it's our relationship with Christ, right? With Jesus, that is our inheritance with Christ. So what does adoption mean? It means we were once fatherless or abandoned separated. Jesus is the only way to the Father. It's funny, the word Abba, we, we read it earlier, the word Abba, um, it's an Aramaic word and it does mean, as people know, Father, yep, <laughs> just seeing if you guys are with me. <laughs> I know it was a little heavier up front, but we're going to try to loosen this up a little bit. You can laugh. Um, and in fact, in the, in, in what it's mentioned, it's, it's a more intimate way of saying father. So it would almost be like as if a child is running up to their dad and calling them just that daddy or dad. And Jesus, uh, also used this term back in the garden of Gethsemane when he cried out, Abba, father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So just as Jesus was crying out to his father, Paul is showing us here that we are adopted by God's spirit. We are children of God and we can call him father. We can call him Abba, father. In Pastor Andrew's message last week, um, he talked about and mentioned the Holy Spirit as helper. Um, and I'm going to read, I don't know if I have it on here for you guys, but I'm going to read John 14, 18. And it says, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you and I will send you the helper. So we have a helper. 
We have the Holy Spirit who not only convicts us, but he transforms us. We are taken from being orphans to now being adopted into the kingdom of God. And because we're adopted into the kingdom, we were once bound by our sins. But with knowing God at, as Father, Jesus has paid the ultimate price for our sins, and we are now free from that bondage. And then we're now heirs to the kingdom of God. We didn't deserve that, and we can't earn the Father's love. Once we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and once we begin to follow in his ways, then our sins are no longer like Jesus came to pay that price. If our sins separate us from God, then once we are adopted into his kingdom, we're being brought from darkness to light, from sadness to joy, from anxiety and fear to peace. And by receiving the Holy Spirit and being adopted into God's family, we also receive the fruits of the Spirit because we're developing the nature of Christ. I think I've mentioned this maybe a few sermons ago, and I talked about the fruits of the Spirit, um, but we're going to go back to that, and it's going to be in Galatians 5.22, and I'm going to read it out. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Some of you guys could probably recite this without me even reading. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. The fruit of the Spirit is important to be developed in us because of who we are being transformed into. Our sinful nature doesn't lead us into a life that is pleasing to God. So we need our helper and we need our guide. Hear me, though, this is a transformative work. This is a transformative work to have love, peace, patience, joy, so on. We can't do that without the help of the Holy Spirit. And we don't do all of these things perfectly. Do you guys understand? <laughs> we are not perfect. But we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit to show us the areas that we need I'll work on, I guess, is one way to say it. So if you're struggling to love others, it's by the work of the Holy Spirit that can show you how to love those who hate you. If you're struggling with joy, then it's the Holy Spirit that can guide you in joy that is lasting in every circumstance. Isn't that amazing? If you're struggling with peace, then the Holy Spirit can give you the calm, unshakable reassurance of our present, our future, and our past <laughs> that will pour out onto everyone around us so that we can become and be peacemakers. And if you're struggling with patience, the Holy Spirit will give you self-control, self-restraint to teach you tolerance, maybe long-suffering. Maybe, you know, you're struggling with a difficult situation. If you're struggling to show kindness, 
The Holy Spirit wants to produce generosity in you. If you're struggling to find goodness and faithfulness, the Holy Spirit wants to produce, guide you in being faithful to your word. I'm sorry, this is an emotional thing for me. (laughs) And self-control. The Holy Spirit will guide you in dying to your own flesh and desires. He will. He will guide you. And he will show you. These are all free gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit. That is good news. That is good news. And all we have to do is yield into the adopting work and ask that he will continually do that transformative work in our lives. In Christ, you are no longer separated from God by sin. You are adopted into God's family. That is amazing. That makes me want to jump up and down. That is incredible. It means you belong to him. And I think that hits me so hard just because that was a season of my life that I just never saw or never understand. So it really sinks in for me. Romans 12, verses 4 to 5, it says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. And this is important to understand because who we are in Christ, just like what we sang this morning, then we can start to understand our worth in him. Everything you're weak in, Christ will make you strong in. Right? If you have anxiety or fear, he can give you strength. If you feel lonely or that you don't fit in, God calls you friend. And he's adopting you into a kingdom of God, a kingdom family. If you're feeling sad or unhappy, he can give you joy and freedom. And so we need to trust him in all things. If we have faith, then it can silence all other feelings like doubt and worry and stress and anxiety. We shouldn't be relying on our own strength, but strength through the power of God and through the Holy Spirit. So if we're being adopted, we become heirs to the kingdom, which means in simpler terms, we have to stop doing some things and start doing other things, (laughs) right? As heirs to the kingdom with the inheritance the Father has for us, it's the Holy Spirit that leads us into our adoption. So again, he's inviting us into a continual transformational work. Like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't stop at the cross. This is where we start in guidance with the Holy Spirit to start doing that transformational work in ourselves. The work of the Holy Spirit is transforming us into the likeness of Christ. Paul mentions earlier in Romans 8, 5 to 9, those who are dominated by a sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting The spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. 
It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. The Holy Spirit guides you when he is living in you. In order to have the Spirit in you, you must declare that Jesus is Lord over your life. This is why we belong to Christ and what we should be walking into. I didn't allow much guidance for the Holy Spirit when I was lost in trying to find my own way and using my own strength. I wasn't, it wasn't until I was beginning to start my, my journey of yielding to the Holy Spirit and allowed him to do a work in my life that I would begin to see those fruits being produced in my life. It took me dying to my own ways and dying to my flesh and wants. This is why Jesus says, allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and do a transformative work in me. This is why Jesus says in John 14, 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus is sharing with his disciples that the outcome of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is peace of mind and heart, a lasting peace that is different from the world. So we cannot receive this from the world. I did a lot of searching when I didn't fully commit to Jesus. I was running away from the very thing that could have saved my life a little bit more during that time. I had no peace And I think there was this emptiness in my heart because I didn't know the Lord more and I, I wanted to know him more. But there was this emptiness in my heart and longing to just pull him back. And I did a lot of resisting and I, and I did a lot of being stubborn and I let my pride um, step in the way of that. Remember when Andrew mentioned last week about the Holy Spirit and, and God wanting to draw you in? I felt like that was, that was me. Like I remember hearing that last week, and I was like, it hit me so hard, because I was like, that was, I know what that is. That was, that was me. I had this remembrance of the dark times where I felt really unworthy, worthless, too far gone. I thought I was too far gone for God to ever want to do a work in me. And that sounds extreme, but those were the lies that I was believing. But on the other hand, I could really feel this tap on my shoulder of the Lord just saying, just come back. Just come back. Come as you are. I don't care. And that's when the Holy Spirit really started to slowly convict my heart. The second we receive Christ as Lord, we become adopted. But the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us maintain our adoption. And this is why yielding to the work of the Holy Spirit is important. He will guide us and transform us into the image of Christ. He is what? He, he is our, our helper. He is our guide. 
So how do we know if what the Holy Spirit is saying to us is actually leading us towards good? It should line up with the word. It should line up with the truth and the word of God. And the word brings life. And in John 6:63, it says, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Remember a few weeks ago, Pastor John was preaching on the prodigal son or the lost son. Do you guys remember that? So where the youngest of two sons, he was really greedy and, and he was asking for the father's inheritance. Um, and then we found out that that actually kind of meant he just wanted his father dead so that he could have all of his money. So he, he got the money. He went, he blew it, he was very reckless, and he lived a life of indulgence, um, and then he was forced to go work on a farm and become a hired hand because he just lost everything. And he comes back to his father, and then what does his father do when the, father, when the son comes up? The father is, yeah, he welcomes him back. The father is compassionate. And he was so overwhelmed by his son's return. So us being adopted is something like this story. The prodigal son comes to his senses. The Holy Spirit is pulling us to being adopted. The son wanted to be a servant back. He would do anything. He's like, I'll be a servant back in your house. Where the father just wanted his son back. And the son wanted to earn his way. That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to earn his way back to the father when really the father was just trying to say, come here, son. Just come here. He will always point us back into a place of redemption and not a place of condemnation. Growing up, I had a really great childhood. <laughs> it was full of laughs. I have great memories with my cousins and my sisters and my parents, I believe, did a wonderful job of trying to raise us and showing us right and wrong. And as kids, we really did honor and respect my parents. Um, and I think it, in times where, you know, I, I wasn't perfect, and that's fine, um, my parents really did show me love and compassion, even in my mess, even in my brokenness. And parents help raise healthy child, like children. That's what they do. Right? Parents want to raise healthy children. They want to give them provision and love, and they want to teach them and grow, the, grow them into the knowledge of what is right and what is wrong. And just like parents try to teach and guide their children, the Holy Spirit guides and directs us to, to how our Heavenly Father requires us to live. But he also empowers us to do so. So I'm standing here in front of you, and I can confidently say, confidently say that it is by God's grace that I am here. It is by God's grace that I am here. And I could not think of a better example to use than to just show you proof that God is good. God is good. It was 2011. I was slowly starting again to piece my life back together. And I was working at a coffee shop and I worked quite a few different jobs, but I was sitting in at the coffee shop that I was working at and uh, my pastor at the time came and he sat with me and 
I just, I couldn't believe what was coming out of his mouth in a way, because I was still really trying to piece my, my life back together. But he said, you're, you know you're called. He said, you know you're called to do the ministry of the church. He said, you know you're called as a pastor. And then I have another leader of mine say the exact same thing. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Like, I couldn't believe what they were saying and encouraging me with. Because in my heart, I did not feel worthy. I didn't feel like I could even accept or that God saw me that way. I don't know. I was just very lost. And the beginning of 2013, the Lord really began to do just that. And it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I just had to decide that. I just had to decide either I was going down this road or I was going down another. I really did. I had to make that choice. I had to surrender my heart and yield my heart to the work that the Holy Spirit wanted to do. And even after I met Andrew and even... Um, yeah, even after we got married, I, like there were things we had to work through. I wasn't perfect. But he was loving and he was compassionate and he showed me grace. God is good. I, like if you hear anything that I'm saying today, God is good. He's redemptive. He's restorative. Jesus is the way. I need the spirit to guide me to be more like Jesus. It's an everyday surrender. It is an everyday surrender. It doesn't stop. It takes me saying, Holy Spirit, come. We say it all the time. Search my heart and know me. And it's a beautiful thing. If that's another thing I can really hit home with you guys today, this is a beautiful work that God wants to do in your hearts. Transformation can kind of sound scary sometimes, or that word might, you know, turn people away, but transformation, especially leading us closer to the person of Christ and being more like Christ, that is good. That is good. So if you're wanting, I know I mentioned quite a few things this morning, um, and we're going to, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come up. We're going to wrap things up, but... There's a couple different responses that um, I just want to invite you guys into. And one is, if you're wanting more of the fruits of the Spirit that I laid out, more, more of Galatians 22, or 522, then I can pray, pray that over you guys. If you're lacking one of those things in any one of those things and you just want an increase of that, I would love to pray for you. Or maybe you are like me and you could feel that pull or you're feeling that pull of the Holy Spirit just wanting to pull you closer and pull you in. Maybe you feel like an orphan. Maybe you feel like you've been abandoned and you can't fathom how your heavenly Father loves you or knows you. Maybe you've 
you have a father that you can't look up to in that way. Maybe you have a father that's disappointed you. And maybe you feel that separation from him and need help and guidance from the Holy Spirit. I wanna pray for you today. And if you're wanting, if this is the first time you've heard a message of Jesus and you're wanting to be adopted into God's family, I wanna give you that opportunity this morning. And maybe this is, like I mentioned, the first time you've heard about Jesus. Or maybe you need to recommit your life back to him. Why don't you stand with me? So we have gifts of the spirit. If you're feeling the Holy Spirit pulling on your heart to draw him closer to your father, your heavenly father, or if this is the first time you've ever heard the gospel message, would you close your eyes and bow your heads? I do want to give that opportunity. If this is the first time you have heard the message of Jesus and you would like to give your life to him, could you raise your hand for me? Maybe you need to recommit your life back to him. If that's you too, you could raise your hand too. Okay. So, Father, I just pray for this room, these people in this room, these families. God, these, um, these hungry people. I think sometimes, man, we come, we, we come out and we, we come into a building on a Sunday morning and we sing songs of praise. And God, that just shows me they are hungry for you. God, they are hungry to be a part and to be brought into your kingdom. God, would you um, search our hearts this morning? Would you search our hearts and show us any ways that we need to be drawn closer to you? God, if there's things that are separating that, God, would you reveal that? in our hearts. God, for the lonely, God, would they feel welcomed? God, for the broken, for the lost, that they would feel adopted into your, your kingdom. God, for anyone suffering with anxiety or, or fear, God, would you fill them right now with your peace? Would you fill them with your peace? And Lord, I just pray for, who? God, I pray for those who just cannot see you as father. God, I pray you would soften our hearts this morning. God, I pray that you would draw them closer to you. God, that they would feel that, that tap on the shoulder maybe of, hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. So Holy Spirit, would you be our guide? Holy Spirit, would you be our helper this morning? And would you show us how to be drawn closer to you? In Jesus' name, amen.